Welcome back to So You Think You Can Have a Cold, the only podcast on the internet that has the most important Fortnite news known to man. Gentlemen, Tilted Towers is back today. This is what was so important you had to wait to the recording part to tell us. Yes, it was. (laughs) Tilted Towers is returned. My dog is angry. Dude, it's it's just just like the fucking World Trade Center Memorial. Oh my god. (laughs) What the fuck, Phoenix? Uh, Okay, so for today's episode, um, we got me, obviously. Matt's here. Phoenix is back. Hi. We have something, and we have someone new with us. New person. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm a, I'm a Nick. I've been here for uh, today now. But I'm yes. a long term friend to everybody here. What's your oh, favorite yeah. drop position in Fortnite Chapter Three? Of the Borg Cube. Did you say the Borg Cube from Star Trek? Yeah, isn't there a Borg Cube. It, no, there? it's not on the. That's Chapter Two. Jesus Christ! Get this guy out of here. He doesn't know shit about fuck. We aren't talking about <laughs> Fortnite today. That's true. What are we talking about? We're talking about Monster Hunter. Hell yeah. Monster Hunter. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a niche close quarters combat game you may have never heard of. <clears throat> never. Crazy. And our friend Sergio, you're an expert on it, aren't you, Sergio? Uh, yes, I am the um, the the OG Monster Hunter fan, uh, two thousand and eight Monster Hunter try of the friend group. I remember seeing the commercial for that game, and it had the classic controller, and it scared me. <laughs> I honestly, with with try, I started out with the Wii Remote and Nunchuck, and I just I couldn't play that game with the the classic controller as much as I tried, which is weird because I can play it with a controller now, but. I don't know. Back then, like I had to play it with the Wii Remote nunchuck. <clears throat> Damn, bro. Anyways, um, it's fan. It it, it t- this episode is a fan and Friday, so we are headed to the Monster Hunter fan and wiki to see if some people can actually what? fan Sergio. it. Sergio, what? Sergio, I have a question. Yeah. Since it's been like a year and a half, what is a fan and Friday? Fan and Friday is a episode where we delve into a uh, fan and wiki uh, to see what the people on the wiki have created in their own personal uh, canon for Monster Hunter, a fanon, if you will. Most of the stuff's pretty good. I took a peek at it. Yes, I I was I was pretty pretty pleased for what I've seen so far from the Monster Hunter fan and wiki, which is. Um, a big, big surprise for fan and wikis because usually I go out of fan and wiki and I'm like, "What?" The is last this? one I was surprised with was the Super Nanny fan and wiki. That's a thing. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Well, maybe you should listen to our episodes, Nick. I should. And you would, you would find out whether or not the Super Nanny fan and wiki was real or not. I probably should eventually. Yeah, it's got like, like, like fifty seasons of fully written Super Nanny episodes. 50 seasons? It might be 30. Like it's, it's, it's a lot. Jesus. Also, I just I just noticed, um, Sergio, I don't know if you've noticed, Sweaty Angles is two listens away from tying with our most viewed episode. I didn't, know, I didn't notice that. I, I, I'm assuming that's Gurren Jesus. Yes. 
So who wants to present their articles first? I'll go first, sure. Bring us bring us to town, Mr. Mr. Joy. Alright. You either got any preference? Do you want the uh the good, the bad, or the ugly first? Let's go I with the good one first. Alright. The one that I like to read, or at least found, was um the armored bulldozer bear off. For two main reasons. Well, three. I think it's well enough written. The bear off is one of my favorite monsters. And I really like the deviant species. The armored bulldozer bear off isn't finished, sadly, or it's missing information based on the title of it. Last updated three years ago. But I like it a lot, still. Holy shit, that was three years ago. That fucked up my brain so hard. Yeah, armored bulldozer bear off. I cannot pronounce the Japanese name. Because it's a deviant of the bear off. As the title of the Armored Bulldozer, and the nickname of Red Baroff, H.C. Baroff, which sounds like a rapper's name, and Hardcore Baroff. Under the Brute Wavering class, lives in the Desert Island, Sandy Plains, and Forlorn Arena. The average size for gold is 2,616.5 centimeters long. For height. Is it length or height? Here it's length. It's length. And the prize for the smallest ones are 1,856.85 centimeters long. Like average, it's relative to the normal bear off and the jade bear off. Signature moves are a giant boulder roll, has the element of earth, ailments of muddy and stun, weaknesses are water and fire. And the creator is a monster hunter Falco given to elusive seeker. Physiology. The armored bulldozer bear off is covered in dark red colored ridge plates, armored hide with brown stains. Stains come from years of wear from mud adhered to the brute's wavering body. The count the crown structure on its head is much larger, even more so than a jade bear off. The crown appears to be the crown appears to be spikier now, giving it a sl- slight spade appear like appearance. With large claws on its limbs and a tail tip has become larger as well. The abilities, just like an ordinary bear off, armored boulder the bear off coat themselves in mud, protect themselves from the scorching heat of sandy plains. However, rocks sometimes get stuck in the mud, providing further protection. They're also more physically powerful, being able to scope huge boulders using just their heads. They send these boulders hurling towards hunters and body slamming them and attempt to crush them under the rock. The behavior of this creature spends most of its time wandering in the, yeah, wallowing in the bog, my bad. Partially submerged in mud. This is immediately more aggressive than bear off and become extremely territorial when disturbed. Armored bulldozer barrels remain insectivores, feeding on neopetrons such as Altra, Banapra, and Conchi. Habitats are usually Habitats are exclusively found in the sandy plains, and sometimes wander into the desert islands and tower. Ecology. This is where it starts to fall apart a little bit, but it's fine. I haven't been updated in a while, and I hope the guy would finish it by age. They have no information on ecology. They are part of the... Shoot. This is Sarishia, I believe. Sarishia? 
Tetrapatia, suborder of Tetrapodia, Tetrapod, Theropoda. Theropoda? Thank yeah. You. Super family of Crown Head Waverin, family Baroff. Armored Bowler, the Baroff. Armored Bowler, the Baroff, and the Deviant of the Baroff. Its habitat range has been set in the Desert Islands, Sandy Plains, and Tower. Ecological niche. Barrows mostly eat insects, just the Alteroth and Banathra, extremely territorial, and they will lie in wait underneath their bogs and lash out anything that disturbs them. Due to their aggression power, only the most powerful predators, such as Tigrex, Root Tigrex, Sand. Yeah, Sand Barioff, and Devil Jor capable of defeating a Baroff. Which is completely untrue if you actually play the game. They kind of get bullied. Oh, uh, the rare turd. Rare territory dispute between Adabas also may prove threatening. While traveling to the desert islands slash Mog Woods, they'll occupy numerous waterways and entries and feed on numerous crustacean insects, like mollusks. However, inhabiting these areas brings them into contact with large aquatic predators, such as three Largoshus species Royal Ludov, Plesioff, and Gobel. Gobble is an ultra shed. I remember that much. And such as the bears tend to avoid water sources that harbor these creatures. Despite coalition with such power predators, bears have witnessed fighting and defending Raffian. Fighting and defeating Raffian. They show these creatures are quite powerful in their own right. Biological adaptations. Armored bears believe. I am getting a tongue twister from this. My apologies. It's all good, bro. Armored Bowler Barrows have the same adaptation as Barrows. However, there are a few differences between them. Rocks get stuck in their mud armor, providing further protection. This gives the additional name Armored Bull- Bulldozer. When they shake their mud off their body, they also shake off these rocks that can stun hunters. They are very physically strong, being able to lift massive boulders using their head and some behavior. Armored Bowlers are truly dangerous monsters. The guild only allows hunters special permits to hunt them. Nice. I think it's a very interesting monster. Yeah, yeah I could. This does feel like something I think that they would put into the game. Um, I mean, it seems like it's, you know, the natural evolution of the Baroth, just, you know, more rocky yeah. armor. Kind of like the. I think, because isn't it related to the Uragon in a way? Um, I mean, at least they look uh, similar. No, you're thinking of the Radaban. Those are, those are both very, very similar monsters. The Baroth is kind of its own thing, honestly, and it's the Baroth is, is it's got it's got the Thanos chin. No, that's the Urgal. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're both they're both brute wyverns. It's wyvern, mm-hmm. Mancha the wyvern. Yeah, I personally like this one because I I could see this in the game. It doesn't seem too out there. It feels like it would be. What's the uh, what's yeah. the boxing monster? The one that punches you with explosions? A Brachadios? Brachidios. I think that one is much closer to the Baroth, because they share it shares the headbutt move and similar things. I could see Yeah, that. I don't know. <clears throat> I would like to see something like this in the game. Maybe not armored bulldozer, just because, you know, bulldozer. But of like <laughs> similar name and same design. Well, I mean I don't know. Maybe like armored Titan Baroth. Some of the other deviants follow similar say. Like blood yeah. and obelisks and silver. 
What what game was the the deviants introduced in? Uh, I'm uh, not sure. Generations. Um, yeah, it was generations. Deviant. Yeah, it was generations and generations ultimate. I only know them from Monster Hunter stories, and that's my ass. I know them from Iceborne because there's some deviants in Iceborne. Oh, are there? Mm-hmm. I never. Finished. Yeah, there's Iceborne. Like the there's the Viper Toby Kadachi. I yeah, there's a good couple of those species. Deviants are like. Oh yeah, I get what you mean. Yep, deviants are like super subspecies. Yeah, yeah adapted. And... Yeah, the Fulgur and like um, Savage Devil Joe, I think is a deviant. Uh, that's just a Devil Joe. That's just bit, well, well in lore, it's just a Devil Joe that got really hungry and went insane because of it. But there's also <laughs> started. Isn't the bra- isn't the raging Brachydias also in the world? Um, I yeah. think so. <clears throat> the furious Rajang. Ra- <laughs> oh, dude, there's also the starving Devil Devil Joe, but it was in Monster Hunter Frontier, so it basically <coughs> shouldn't exist. <laughs> there's the Legiana and the the <clears throat> shrieking one, and then there's the Basil Geese and the seething Basil Geese, also known as uh, Nick when he plays Gears of War. Explosive and angry. <laughs> Are we bringing up the Gear of the War incident again? No, not on this podcast. <laughs> I think we've gotten we've gotten enough inappropriate humor from Phoenix within the first minute of recording. Have I? Damn. Oh yeah. So uh, for I, gore. I th- I, th- I think this 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 is um, it's good. I mean, it's nothing to like. Like, oh, this is the greatest arc I've ever seen. But it's good. I, I could. It's just, it's just, it's just nice, simple, and basic. Just a nice variant. I'll yeah. go next. If, if and if we haven't, oh, I was gonna. I was thinking if we, if we each do one, we can, we can l- loop back around. I couldn't fucking say that. Yeah, we can loop back Unless around you... if you guys would like to do that. Yeah, or... sure, sure. Why not? All right, let's go ahead. I'll, I'm going to introduce mine that I think Phoenix will enjoy. I think I told Nick this already because I thought it was funny, but I don't think I've told anybody else yet. Mine, my monster is a monster uh, added in a crossover to Monster Hunter World Cataclysm, which is the fan in Monster Hunter game. I don't know if we said that. I guess expansion. It's not really a game as much as it's a ex- fake expansion for a world. Uh, mm-hmm. But this one is called uh, Nosferatu Zod. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> From the hit franchise Berserk by Kentaro Mira. Rest in peace, his soul. Rip. Rest in peace. Nosferatu Zod is an, is an apostle first appearing in Berserk and was added in a crossover in Monster Hunter World Cataclysm. Um, mm-hmm. Titles are Zod the Immortal and Beast Swordsman. Nickname is Demon Swordsman. His monster class is Apostle. He lives in the sunken catacombs. He's large. He's got no relatives. His signature move, Relentless <laughs> Fury. What? That's just, that's just really funny. He's no large point. and has no relatives. Yeah. <laughs> Point's finger. Orphan. He has no elements. Um, he stuns you and makes you bleed. Um, and he's weak to Thunder and Aether. Which I don't know if that even exists in Monster Hunter. I don't know if that's real. I'm sure it was added in Monster Hunter World Cataclysm. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, let me get a picture of Nosferatu Zod 
for uh, for everyone who hasn't read Berserk. Um, read Berserk like Sergio. Why? There's a picture of Dave Batista, which isn't wrong, I guess. Yeah, check in fanfic links. This is what he looks like. Whoever hyperlinked Zod at the bottom of this article linked to the Devil May Cry wiki by accident, where there isn't a Zod page. (laughs) 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 Oh my god, that's funny. That's so funny. (laughs) That's funny as fuck. They come full circle. Um... Anyways, Nosferatu Zod or Zod appears as first as a large man with dark hair, many scars looking similar to a human with some bestial traits such as fangs, red eyes, and a snout-like face. When transformed into his apostle form, Zod looks like a tall, muscular humanoid beast covered in leathery black skin and fur, looking like a large fang beast. He stands in a fully bipedal manner with a slight hunch, boasting an enormous height to tower over all those who would oppose him. Each of his arms are typically large claws, and the claws on his hands extend on... And claws on his hands on the end of his fingers, which is where they go. I don't know why they had to, like, emphasize that the that the claws are on the fingers. My dog agrees with me, apparently. Um, yes. Hooves, tail, uh, lion fur, big head. Uh, Phoenix showed a picture. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop explaining it to you. And if, you do, if you're mad and you're listening that I didn't continue to explain it, Literally, go on Google.com. He's a real person. Read Berserk, or I'll beat you up. Do it. Anyways, Zod has learned a large variety of fighting styles and tactics throughout his centuries of battle. He's able to fight with nearly any weapon he finds on the battlefield, but his preferred weaponry are dual-wielding swords and battle axes. He's able to inspect within seconds that a sword is damaged by the hunter's attacks and can quickly discard it, adopting a new battle style with his massive claws. In his apostle form, he can parry large weapons with his horns and claws, absorb arrow volleys with his thick fur and skin, and break through solid rock with sheer force. His strength is such that he can send a fully armored guts with his dragon slayer flying across the battlefield with a swipe of his cock. Paw. I mean paw. Furthermore, he is capable of tearing fully armored men and horses to a piece with a single pieces with a single swipe. Not only this, but he is remarkably tough, even healing his wounds at the end of each battle with the hunter. When a truly angered Zod will fully open his wings and take on the hunter with full force, his eyes blazing red, and he will adopt new forms of attack. This is called the Unbound Fury State. Ecological information. Due to Zod hailing from another world, he does not belong to any food chain, yet he could severely damage the existing food chain of the new world. (laughs) If Zod were to come across any monster, he would most likely try to kill it with impunity, or try to tame them with a savage strength and tactical might. I want to see him fucking tombstone a devil, Joe. Be so fucking funny. Zod Zod does not partake in turf wars, only being fought in an arena. Zod does not leave any tracks, only being fought in an arena. Zod does not have any specific locale interactions, only being fought in an arena. Man, I wonder if I can find him anywhere else other than an arena. No. No. Zod will sometimes pause in the middle of combat to address Guts in a special assignment or the Hunter in any quest, with unique voice lines for both type of quest. Rage state. Zod's eyes will blaze red and he will also be huffing steam. Unbound fury. Once he is at reached once he is at half health, Zod will open his wings fully and become far more aggressive in his attacks. Tired state. Zod does not tire. 
Zod cannot be mounted due to higher intelligence grabbing and throwing hunters off of his back when they use a clutch claw, similar to Rage. better not be able to mount him. <laughs> Don't mount uh, Zod. His effective part breaking, um, everything does two stars to everything but his, but his back, and the hammer does three to the head. And he's weak to thunder and aether. And he's weak to blast, paralysis, and poison. <laughs> um. Yeah, you can read that's, the quest descriptions. Oh, the quest descriptions. All right, yeah, this is the G class. rank seven star special assignment: the Immortal Swordsman. Client guts. Well then, Hunter, there he is. Remember what I said about not fearing death. You can turn back now if you want, but stay out of my way if you plan on jumping in. That's what guts sounds like. Yeah. Notes, the Black Swordsman Guts will join you in this quest, wielding his signature Dragon Slayer and will sometimes fire his cane and arm at Zod. Unlocks Nosferatu Zod to fight solo, completes the Berserk crossover when finished. And the other one, Nosferatu Zod has appeared once again, seeking a battle with you, Hunter. It looks like he's a lot more noble than his looks might lead on. Well, I'd hardly be one to come between two men in a brawl, so go get him. It, uh, you know, it'd be really, really, really cool. You know how they have a special theme music for all the uh-huh. monsters? Yeah. What if it just constantly blasted forces as you're fighting Zod? <laughs> Sonic forces? Hi. And then it turns I into, force. uh, it turns into God hand forces when he goes apart. Um, so that was my, my first monster. Monster in quotation marks. I don't know how to feel about it, um, because Maybe at least like you should read Berserk and find out. Well, I'm I'm, I'm not talking. Well, I'm 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 just talking about like 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 as presented um, here. Um, I don't think having just like because I know he has like a an apostle monster form he can transform into, but I don't feel like having a a regular dude opponent works in a monster hunter game. Um, he's he's not really a regular dude though. That's kind of the point. I I, I meant like, like giant. I mean, is he giant normal? Like, like like I'm just trying to like yeah. imagine like. Yes, he he's is pretty big. Monster. Imposing. Not to mention, I think you could. He's really bigger than. Easily... <clears throat> Go ahead. He's bigger than a legend. And I mean, I think the the legend is a pretty good fight in world. You uh, you could literally just give him the Rajang. Uh, moves. Just give him a custom Rajang moveset, and you're good. Because I, I, at least how I was get, getting it, I thought he was like regular human size, and he turned into a beast. No, no he's pretty big. He's not even when he's not in his demon form. He is inhumanly tall and okay. inhumanly strong. So yeah, yeah, I guess that would work. I think like a height compared to like a normal. I think Guts is six foot two, and he's up to like the bottom of his chest when there's. Mm-hmm. So he's a good like nine feet tall, and and the lesion is like, how big is the lesion? It's at least twenty feet tall, I think. Uh, I thought the lesion was pretty smart or pretty small. Maybe I'm just I, well. I just watched Witcher season two, and I'm thinking of the lesion that was in in that one. Five forty nine. What is the, what? I don't know what measurement this is. Five forty nine point seven. Is that centimeters? In Probably. Monster Hunter, I'm assuming 
If if it's if it's from Monster Hunter, it is uh, centimeters. Okay, then yeah, it's like fifteen feet tall. Um, but even then, I feel like they could. I feel like they could easily just size them up, like. And it's not like we fought. We haven't fought small monsters before. I I, th- I think at least for me, this come like I don't know Berserk, so I'm just like. It's another thing for me to fight, like. That's that's the one thing with like crossover over like ideas for like crossover monsters because it's really like I'm sure this is cool for somebody but for me it's just like I will say there are probably better monsters to take from the Berserk universe just that thematically fit into world or monster hunter better but the concept of fighting Zod (laughs) with with guts based I love the idea. Not the image, I bet the quest reward would give you like the blueprint dragon player, which would fit right into Monster Hunter Zord category. Oh what yeah, are the rewards didn't, for beating him. Didn't the, uh, uh, you get carbon dragon, shit? Didn't the Dragon Slayer um, inspire <coughs> most anime ones actually to be like just pretty much swords? It it yeah, worked Berserk, including Monster Hunter. Berserk inspired most most things in Japanese media in the same way that like Dragon Ball did. It was confirmed the uh, great swords were inspired by the Dragon Slayer, along with Cloud's Buster Sword. That is a fun fight. Actually, Cloud and Sephiroth as a whole are inspired by Guts and uh, and Griffith. I uh, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't list what what equipment you would get from him, but he did list carving rewards. That's interesting. Uh, since we covered Zod, and I actually uh, Jacob and I should have coordinated this better. I picked the Monster Hunter World Cataclysm expansion itself to read up on because I think this is. I was thinking about doing that, but I figured someone was going to. Yes, it is wildly impressive what they've done for this. There are custom monsters, there's custom quests, and there's a whole bunch of great stuff. Shall I go ahead and get into it? Sure. Monster Hunter World Cataclysm is a fan made expansion made by Acoustis. Acoustism, which is acoustism, but spelled like autistic with the beginning part. <clears throat> Acoustism, yeah. Acoustism. That is based on the I, world and lore of Cap. Yes, yes. I, I pulled up his, his his page on the wiki. Um, I don't know if I don't know if you care about that at all. Go uh, go ahead. Um, he's from he Ireland. He's from Ireland. He was born in September of nineteen ninety nine. Um, his favorite weapon is the greatsword and the hammer. Um, specifically, uh, favorite, favorite monsters are the Xenogres, Nergagante, Gameth, Great Jaggy, White Fatalis, Raging Brachydeos, Gosharag. Uh, I can agree with Gosharag. It's pretty cool. <coughs> cool. Favorite element is dragon. Favorite element is blast. Least favorite weapon is switch axe. Fuck you, Sergio. Get shit on. He hates the Kong, Kongalala. His favorite Monster Hunter game is Stories 2, and he doesn't have a least favorite. Um, and according to this, his name is Colon3. Thank you, thank you, uh, thank you, Alcoustism, for the very cool page and the nice yes, little blurb uh, on who you are. He has created over 126 items for the fan and wiki. Alcoustism? Fucking legend. This guy is insane. You want to play Monster Hunter sometime? (laughs) 
He, he's gonna play with us, and then, like, he gives Sergio a fucking look because he uses the Switch X. He'll be like, he'll be like Switch X user spotted. Circumcising. This is, a, this is an open offer. Just just add us on Twitter if you want to play Monster Hunter with us. Yeah. Does he have a Twitter? I wonder. We can tag him. I'll let you up, uh, uh, get up to that while I read through Cataclysm. Yeah, stuff. you read. You read. <clears throat> so, uh, Cataclysm apparently was meant to add in the G rank to Monster Hunter World, but Iceborne kind of beat him there. When it comes to all the crazy stuff you've got going on here, they have a new flagship monster. In addition to areas, they have a. Is it a full story quest list, or is it just most of it? Uh, it is nearly or entirely filled with the uh the story quest he has he has titles for all of them i don't think he's actually written anything for all of them he's yeah, got descriptions if you had show quest oh okay or maybe it's just buffering i don't know it's a shit ton of quests that are made up for it uh there's a whole new monster list that is available for where things can be found and the uh the gimmick is that there is a new area called the cataclysm uh, ancient forests, or at least I believe there are cataclysm areas of uh, those parts. In addition, he, to, has, a, he has a he has a yes. Twitter with uh, uh six tweets and zero followers. Damn. I was gonna that I was gonna sucks. say I was looking on the story quest page. He has a DLC called the Celebration of Rise, which is a Rise crossover that adds some monsters from Rise. Oh yeah, he's got like. <laughs> whole DLC things ready to go and shit. I think he even has his own uh, custom skills added in here, or maybe it's just... Oh, no. I think it's... No. No, no, no. It is It is custom skills. That's cool. He and also that, has uh, uh, two other crossovers, DMC5 and Dark Souls 3. I was gonna read the DMC5 one, you fuck. Oh, sorry. Well, I mean, you can, you can, you can still read it. I just pointed out that he did it. But yeah, you're circumcised now. Look down. Capcom, hire this man. Alright, the new story is available as the expansion explores the ruined new world. You're trying to track down the Dala Madur and discover why it is acting so odd, and rampaging all over the continent, along with why the new flagship monster, the Burkranox, is following it so closely. Now, for those of you who did not play Monster Hunter 4, or don't know what the Dala Madur is, it is an elder dragon giant snake monster. And it is terrifying, horrifying, very cursed. Based. The Burkranox, I think from what I was reading, it's basically an Uragon that grew giant, giant balls that he uses to kill things with. And by grew giant balls, I mean it just, it's just based. It's an amazing monster. Uh, not going to read into that because that's not what I chose. But basically, it's got toxic abilities. It's got little venom sacks inside of it. It kind of replaces a uh, Nergigante, and it gets its shit eaten in by Ruiner Nergigante, which is quite funny to me. <clears throat> there is a new hub that is available in Cataclysm called Lagira. It is situated in the northern island of the Glimmering Isles and can be built alongside the people by completing certain optional quests and customized by choosing building materials, statues, and more. There are two new weapons that were made with this fanon expansion. They are the Whip Spear and Trap Shot. I read through both of those. They're both really, really interesting. I think these would be awesome. I would love a Whip weapon in, in Monster Hunter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Whip Spear is awesome. It's really, really fucking cool. I would love Just a Whip in Monster Hunter. 
Uh, I'll just quickly read the summaries of both of those since we're on the topic. The Whip Spear is a new melee weapon first introduced in Monster Hunter World Cataclysm, a transforming weapon that attacks quickly in a whip form used for high mobility and weak strikes, which also charges up usage for its halberd-like spear form, which boasts an axe-like blade below its point so it can both stab and slash. When in this form, the weapon sees a boost to both attack and the ability to use files, but loses the massive mobility, speed, and range of the whip form. I really like the idea that it's a... It's like a charge blade, but more mobile. But a, but a whip. But a whip. And then you've got the trap shot, which is a new ranged weapon first introduced in Cataclysm, a ranged weapon that is similar to a slingshot. In fact, it has a high status and raw value with a lower element. Its shots change based on slinger ammo that is loaded into the hunter's slinger, which can be quickly crafted into these unique pellets with unique effects tied to the slinger ammo they were created from. The trap portion of its name takes from its ability to take a moment to create unique traps without the need for actually having traps in your inventory, with a window of vulnerability to compensate for the ability to do it freely. Its relation to the bow can be likened to the light bowgun's relation to the heavy bowgun. Less damage, but more speed and versatility. I think that's a good idea, and I like it. I really quite like it. I, can, I can finally cosplay Usopp. Yes. <clears throat> More like Usuck, bitch. No, you. Well, you Usuck these nuts. Uh, you get a new <laughs> house. It is a mansion, and is available for hunters once they complete the story of Cataclysm, with far more space for pets as well as a trophy hall for the skeletons and wall mounts from the new trophy system. There is a tail rider stable, where you can care for and bond with your tail riders. You have a trophy system where each hunt in the Guiding Lands, also known as the Grinding Lands, now has a chance for certain bones of a monster, or merely, a tr or more rarely, a trophy for you to collect. Piecing together fossils will grant rewards for each one completed, as well as the trophies. There's a paleontology and archaeology system where you can send out tail riders for fossils, artifacts, and more from the New World's ancient past for display in your trophy room. There are also three new monster classes. The Skeletians are large beasts that function like four-legged Saurian dinosaurs, such as the Triceratops and Ankylosaurus, with improved defensive options over their more offensive cousins, the Brute Wyverns. Then you have Sauridians, which are similar to that, but sport larger size, long necks and tails, and less armor. Then you have Behemoths, which are Leviathans, but much bulkier and less streamlined. They have fully adapted to life on the ground. As well as this, some monsters have been reclassified, with the herbivore class being split up into the other classes, and subspecies like Black Diablos now classed as variants. There are also new elements, such as Earth, Wind, Nature, Ether, and Void. So it looks like um, Nyx Monster was also part of this, which is nice. Sweet! Uh, improved and unique turf wars and other monster interactions would be added. Dynamic ecosystems and weather systems, extended tail rider abilities and utilities, eight eight player raid style hunts, reworked clutch claw and tenderizer skill for optional damage increase, not decrease if not used. Cataclysm introduces G rank as the rank above master rank and includes slight revamps of monsters already seen in master rank as well as some new locations to face off against these familiar monsters. Okay, so now there's four tiers. There's low rank, high rank, master rank, and now G rank. What what does the G stand for? Probably in this case, Gunt. God. Gun. Gun. Right. Gun. 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 Gun.
Now also apply statuses to monsters in a limited capacity when built up. Awesome. Man, if only making a game was as easy as thinking about it, this guy would be a fucking billionaire. Yeah, I, I was going to say, so I'm much saying, money for this. Yeah, I, I feel like the dynamic ecosystems and weather systems would be like ninth gen Monster Hunter game. I don't think you could just shove that into world real quick. That would probably require a complete revamp. But I, li- I, I like what yeah. you're putting down. Yeah, the uh, the concepts here are really ambitious, and I really, really, really like them. Uh, he also has a whole teaser trailer that he wrote up. <clears throat> no we see a group no of monsters. Uh, yeah. What? Who? Nobody spoke. Okay, I'm going insane. We see a group of hunters. Yeah, it's having a afraid. schizophrenic meltdown. <laughs> okay, now you're talking. You see a Narvikuba oh in the brush. <laughs> Jacob, do you want to go? Yes, yes. Do you want to go, motherfucker? Yes. Oh, we're throwing hands now, boys. I want okay. to go. Right. I want shot. to go to Aldi shot. and get fuck up the shout. Up, shut the folk. <clears throat> you see a group of monsters eyeing their prey, a Nargakuga, hidden in the brush of the ancient forest. One motions to another to set up a pitfall trap nearby, and when set, all of them charge at the monster. It snarls and begins to hop around and attack. In the flurry of combat, it is severely injured and falls into the trap and is quickly captured. The team arrives in Astera, monster in tow, and are greeted by the research team, excited about the new capture. Suddenly, a massive tremor is felt, and the world itself turns upside down as a massive claw smashes into Astera. After a moment of darkness, with only a heartbeat and panting could be heard, a hunter is pulled to his feet by another, and they gather around with other survivors. In shaky shots, we see the back of the Dalamadur continuing its march towards some unknown objective, as the video fades to black. The title Monster Hunter World Cataclysm comes into view, along with the release date and the video ending. God, I wish this was real. God, yeah, I it's wish cool. it was real. So bad. Uh, this gameplay trailer. I wouldn't do anything for a new weapon. Yeah, a new weapon would be awesome. It's been a while since we got one. What was what the was most it? recently added weapon? Is it the insect blade? Because it's the last the one. Char- no, the charge blade. The insect blade was actually quite old, I believe. Te- isn't technically the tonfas the... Uh... Tonfas? There aren't fucking tonfas in Monster Hunter. What are you crazy? Well, they're, they're in Frontier. Spin-off game. Yeah, yeah Frontier is weird, game. though. Spinoff yeah. games aren't real. I, I've always wanted to play Frontier, but that's for another time. Yep. Wait, is it? can you even still play it anymore? Nope. Uh, both Monster Hunter Online and Frontier have been shut down at this point. Fuck! Maybe there's a private server. I'll have to check afterwards. Uh, there's a gameplay trailer, there's a story trailer, there's a Legiacris trailer, which is a work in progress, there's an Insanity trailer, which is also a work in progress, there's also a Selpos trailer, which is also a work in progress. And then there's the DLCs. He has five DLCs planned for this. Uh, there is an entire pack called the Magala pack, which I think is genius because the Magala creatures should be in world. They're so fun to fight. They're so insane. Uh, the Rise Pack, as Sergio pointed out, where a bunch of monsters from Rise get added. The Black Dragon Pack, where you fight the Perdition Malfestio. And the Arca Jiva. 
Then there's the Siege Pack, where it adds in the Neopteron, Atalka, the Salvo Legiana, the Ironclad Tetsukabra. So many cool monsters. And then, of course, the crossovers. There is, there is a Devil May Cry 5 crossover, Star Demon Goliath. Then there's the Dark Souls 3 crossover, the Dark Eater Madir. And then, of course, Nosferatu Zod, the third and final crossover. They picked the worst dragon from the sort of crossover and shake Oh, my you head. bet. Oh, you bet, motherfucker. Cal meat. Oh, yeah. Ah, okay. There are. Oh, no. Uh, help in monster creation and their icons. Okay, so this is not just a one man show. But holy shit. This is really ambitious. I skipped over, like, reading all of that really detailed, specific stuff, but almost all of these link to their own pages, like Whipspear, Trapshot, Lagra. Those are all full pages. Oh, he Crazy. even put Petition in Endemic for the Life. He did Endemic Life, too? I missed yep. that. There's a, there's a, if you, if, if, at, at the top where, like, the different lists are, there's Endemic Oh, shit, Life. that's right. He's got Idols and Combo List, Endemic Life. Gosh, damn. I wish I had a, enough time to write stuff like this guy does. Then again, I I do, and I just don't, and I'm lazy. To be honest, same. To be honest, same. All right. I think I think we've I think we've got the winner here for best article thus far. Yeah, I think <sighs> Cataclysm well, I mean, is like a based, on content, alone, yeah, based on content alone. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Just because every other article is linked to this article, basically. This is like the motherboard of like articles. This is where if, everything comes from. If Capcom released Cataclysm, I think it would be the best decision they've ever made. It's too bad it can never be made because it was too pure and perfect. They're all Who wants to go next? I guess Phoenix? I will. What do you bring to us, my boy? Uh, my son, my child, my bright red star. Uh, Something... All referred to as Devil Joe of the Sea, the it's the Charcariados. Carcariados, Charcariados, something like that. Yeah, Cariados. <laughs> he should he should put in uh, pronunciation guides. That'd be fun. Uh, the Japanese name is easier to pronounce, so I'm just gonna call it Same from now on. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> Oh, this is an entirely different fan game. This is Monster Hunter Apex. Yeah, this is Monster Hunter Apex uh, from the same creators of Cataclysm. Dude, the, Capcom stole the Apex idea from these guys. Let's sue Capcom. Yo, Capcom he added more. Guys. He added another new weapon in this one. Yo, the Kestis, which looks like it's just a. There's it's no a lift pages. Fist. Fist. Yeah, there's no pages, fist. but it's a fist. And there's a claymore called the claymore. What would the claymore yeah. be? Just a smaller greatsword? Yeah, I guess. Fair. Like, like somewhere between the sword and shield uh, and the greatsword, I would say. Uh, so it it says here on the new weapons page, which it does link them. Uh, the claymore is a two-handed sword that uses finesse to parry attacks and files to release energy that powers attacks. Sweet. Cool. I think uh, more files in the game would be nice. There's not enough weapons that use them. So Phoenix, Anyways. tell us about the Carcaroidos. Carcaroidos. I'm just gonna call it Murder Shark because that I've pre-read this, and it's pretty fucking edgy. Um, yeah, uh, Murder Shark is a massive piscine wyvern that terrorizes the. Piscine. 
Okay, you're getting the pronunciation piskine now, so fuck That's you. Fine. It's a piskine wyvern that terrorizes the ocean all over the world, introduced in Monster Hunter Apex. Despite its shark-like anatomy, it is much closer to the Delex and the adult form of a uh, Carcaris. Uh, Carcariados uh, appears as a massive, muscular shark with <laughs> a mouth full of teeth, constantly replaced with teeth. It is sim so similar to a shark that it was once thought to be a fish. Closer examination to the anatomy place them as piscine wyverns. Such traits include a vestigial land and spines on their fins, similar to spine of piscine wyverns like Jir similar to Beatotus. Carcariados has a large horn protruding behavior. The Carcariados spends most of its time swimming around in search of food. They tread miles of water every day to devour any animal that catches their eyes and nose. Though large prey items are preferred, these creatures are highly aggressive and will attack anything of significant size, either seeing it as prey or competition. Useful information. Competition. <laughs> Carcariados has a very powerful sense of smell, so meat is very likely to draw it in, and dung pods just as likely to force it away. So just shit in the water. <laughs> just bye-bye. Imagine being about to be eaten by this thing, and you shit yourself, and it just goes, Ew! and leaves. <laughs> exactly. Like the Devil Joe, Carcariados is weak to its own draconic energy, so best to press this advantage. Placement in the food chain. Carcariados is an invader of habitats, forcing itself to the top of the food chain in any area it's found. Even apex monsters are vulnerable to this monster's fury, as well as anything beneath it. The only monsters that can pose a threat to it are other invaders, namely Morcadus, which is an orcish with whale monster. I like the I like the concept of like this being like an a, like a water themed monster hunter game. Joe. No, I mean as a whole like like monster hunter game that takes place in the ocean. Yeah, that'd be cool. And elder dragons. Behavior towards other monsters. Carcarados is an aggressive monster known to gorge itself on whatever it can grab in its jaws. However, it does prefer large prey, such as Pokerodon, Plesioth, and Epioth. They have been known to cannibalize on carcass when they encounter each other. They eat their own children. That's base. That is That's base. Damn. That's crazy. Catch me as doing a, that. As an apex predator, Carcariados is highly aggressive towards other predatory large monsters, such as Legiacris, Royal Ludroth, Young Kurasepusu, and Baruragaru. 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 Yeah. One monster that is well known for its predatory arrival is with Carcariodorus is Morphidus. These two can be seen in combat, often in places where the two are common and have overlapping ranges. What about Gorkidus? Looks sorry, directly at the camera. Here. They killed both of them due to their cunning 
Their cunning brutality. Their brutality. Their, their brutal cunning or their cunning brutality. Yeah, who cares? Anyways. Tracks. Carcariados leaves behind a variety of tracks, such as shed teeth, food scraps, and fecal matter. As well shed. as shed... As well as shed int and scrapped barnacles on a wall. Specific locale interactions. In an icy locale, if there are monsters on ice, such as Pocarodon or Zamites Zamatrios, hunters may be surprised to see a Carcados break through the ice to attack them. Special behaviors. Carcariados can occasionally be seen breaching to attack its monsters. Monsters have their own animations depending on what they are. When the Carcariados tail is severed, it may possibly bite and eat it. Which it does cause to regain some health and for its rage state. So it's literally just like Water Devil Joe. I don't think I'd like that. Devil Joe does literally devil eats go... its own tail as oh, well. I didn't know that. Too quick. Yeah. Kind of have to. Now let's get some abilities in here. Carcariados powerful jaws allowed to tear most monsters and hunters apart piece by piece and the spines on its fins give it an additional weaponry to utilize although it prefers its teeth its horn can penetrate through holes of some of the strongest ships and even more easily so with flesh and bone especially of humans despite its great size its powerful muscles allow it to move very fast easily letting it chase play that that its powerful nose detects, giving its tail powerful striking power. One of its most dangerous abilities is use of the mysterious dragon element. Some uh, rage and tired states are uh, not listed, sadly. Mounting. As an underwater monster, Carcariados cannot be mounted, but instead grappled. It can be grappled on its head, fins, and body. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Aren't all like, sharks muscle sharks? Yeah, just think, just think <coughs> of Devil Joe, but if if it made love to fucking Jir Totus. That's based. No, I don't want to think of those stupid pickle. The, the stupid pickle Rick meme on legs, and then the goddamn fish that had its face smashing into the car door for 12 minutes straight. <laughs> That's about everything, right? All the other stuff, just ecology stuff, which I didn't read for mine. I don't know if you want to read yours. Uh, other, uh, I mean, there really <clears throat> isn't. Well, there's something interesting about ecology, mainly about it being a piskeen white of Piscine. No. Piscine. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, it has fully functional gills rather than using lungs, unlike most Piscine wyverns. And, uh, <laughs> let's see. Jaws are powerful, tearing anything it bites down upon. Should the prey be durable enough to survive this, though, a second for... Pharyngeal jaw exists to keep the prey locked in its mouth and swallow it whole. Oh, it's a goblin shark. It's okay. Yeah, it is a goblin shark. It's a goddamn muscle shark with a horn 
extra set of jaws. I don't like this creature. I don't. Yeah, uh, an interesting fact is that the horn is breakable, except cutting damage has an X and no stars. I just found found a cursed-ass image on this wiki. Check general in the Fandon server. (laughs) I also seen some of those. (laughs) When you polygonal. When you polygonal. There's other, like, Roblox creations on here. There's other Roblox? If you guys want to see what pharyngeal jaws look like, here's a diagram with a moray eel. A moray eel? Yeah. Pharyngeal balls in your mouth. I When you say muscle shark, I just imagine the Thanos fish from Spongebob when it carries Patrick in. <laughs> uh... <laughs> That's what I imagine. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for the Carcados. Fucking murder goblin shark. Um, all cursedness aside, I do like this. Um, I wish they would bring back underwater combat to Monster Hunter, and I'd I'd like to fight this thing. Big shark. I didn't even know Monster Hunter had underwater combat. It did. Yeah, it did. Uh, MH3 <clears throat> uh introduced it, and then it was. Did they bring it back for anything else? I, I think it might have just been a, a Monster Hunter 3 and Ultimate. <laughs> Is it in Genu or just Ultimate? Did Genu cut anything from Ultimate? Oh, wait. I'm thinking of fucking Generations. Mm-hmm. Too many, too many Matt, Ultimates. Matt, was there underwater combat in Generations Ultimate? Nope. Not that I can remember. I played up the G rank. And almost beat all of G rank, so I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was just very specifically in uh, a Monster Hunter Three thing. Monster Hunter Three and Monster Hunter Three Ultimate. Yeah, it, it did have its issues. It was really clunky. Sometimes it was just really hard to fight in underwater. Like it, it was a cool concept that needed to be ironed out, but clearly they just decided to drop it entirely. All right, Sergio, bring your bring your creature to the table. Mine is something that technically exists in the Monster Hunter lore. It's in, like, one of the art books. It is the Equal Dragon Weapon. Uh, if, you, if you scroll up in fanfic links. Uh, if the, the, the picture on the page is the uh, um, from the art book, uh, it is a, uh, like, biomechanical um, uh, armored... Uh, wyvern um with like its organs and stuff falling out its corpse looks a little like withered Hmm. so i will read the description of it equal dragon weapon is an artificial monster that was created by the ancient civilization being the first of its kind having been crafted from the corpses of multiple elder dragons and being held together by a steel carapace it served as a super soldier prior to the ancient civilization's extinction and its very creation sparked the first great dragon war Monster description, a hulking monstrosity. Yeah, it's basically the same thing. Um, equal dragon weapon resembles a bipedal dragon, having a draconic head, long limbs, a large pair of wings, and a stout tail. Its organic body primarily consists of exposed red-orange flesh, with white marbling being seen on the neck, chest, and upper arms. And to hold this flesh together, its body is coated in gray steel armor, with it primarily being seen on the face, back, limbs, wings, and tail. 
on its head rest three horns, with the middle one being long and yellow, and the left and right ones being shorter and white in coloration. The middle horn points high into the air, while the adjacent horns point downward and are curved like a bull's. Due to the visor-like structure on its head, it has no visible eyes, though its mouth remains on full display. Destroying the structure reveals a pair of blank white eyeballs. Ecology. Equal Dragon Weapon is an artificial creation manufactured thousands of years ago in a large industrial site run by the ancient civilization that is now known as the Ghost Workshop. It was the very first artificial life form they created, crafted from 30 horses worth of dragons, which could range anywhere from 30 dragons to hundreds of them, depending on the measurements estimated. Good, because I was about to ask, what the what kind of measurement is 30 horses worth? <laughs> that's like some, that's like the USA bullshit uh, conversion meme. <laughs> uh see here the body is an amalgamation of elder dragon parts held together by seal armor yeah uh it exhibits a wide variety of elemental abilities being able to access fire water thunder ice and draconic energy all at once and to prevent this immense power from getting out of control and destroying the creation from within a heart-like core was installed within its body allowing the monster to maintain control of its elements and use them as needed with it being able to shift between them all in a moment's notice in addition to this new elemental prowess it was given the ability to harness different effects depending on the elements chosen with the help of implanted organs its flames built up explosive powder its watery streams became immensely toxic its electricity became powerful enough to paralyze foes on contact. Its icy contracts could blur an opponent's eyesight on contact, and the draconic energy combined with its claws led to vicious wounds that few dragons could recover from. In addition, the ancient civilization discovered that the more blood the beast shed, the longer it could stay alive, for it would malfunction without blood available to power the core. And to keep their beloved creation living, they would sicken on nearby dragon colonies, staring in awe as it ripped them to shreds to consume their blood. And as time went on, they would teach it new methods of fighting and putting its abilities to deadlier effect. Unfortunately for the ancient civilization, this act of scientific curiosity would soon lead to their downfall. Due to the ancient civilization's life forms requiring the loss of others' lives to create them, the dragons of old declared their unscrupulous pursuit of science to be an act of perversion against nature, and incensed by the mass number of deaths caused by them, they would soon declare war on humanity. With the equal dragon weapon proved to be an efficient bioweapon slaughtering numerous dragons in a period of time, it was soon outnumbered and overpowered with the dragons shutting it down by studying it with an elemental barrage of their own, having deduced that the monster inherited the dead dragon's weaknesses as well as their strengths, before tearing off its limbs and slicing up its gut, revealing its vulnerable entrails and rendering it defenseless. Horrified at the current state of their first and most beloved creation, the surviving members of the ancient civilization rushed it into a warehouse <clears throat> and attempted to repair it, managed to reattach everything except the left arm and exposed innards before meeting their end at the claws of the vengeful dragons. Seeing no need to destroy the malfunction machine, deeming it harmless enough due to being in disrepair, the dragons decided to leave it as it was, to serve as a symbol of their victory over humanity, and as a result, the abandoned abomination spent centuries hidden within the ghost workshop, with it only recently discovered by the Hunter's Guild, who wanted to study it and get a better understanding of the ancient civilization, but few would suspect that someone within the organization would actually attempt to repair and revive uh, behavior is just that it's a killing machine. Um, it has a, a variety of different modes. Uh, these include balance mode, the default mode, and the only one the Elder Dragon weapon does not take by choice, with it reverting to this one upon sufficient damage to the head and chest, unleashing its ultimate attack. In this mode, the equal dragon weapon does not focus on one particular element or fighting style, using the fire five elements at its disposal, randomly and fighting like a standard Elder Dragon, primarily focusing on physical blows. It does not have access to the unique status effects seen in other modes here. After 45 seconds, it will revert back to one of its other five modes. Uh, destruction mode is a uh, short-range beam mode uh, that can inflict blast blight on you. 
Uh, there's suffocating mode, which is a water mode. Um, uh, in this mode, the monster largely foregoes doing direct damage in exchange for applying deadly status effects on the hunters, filling the room with streams and pools of toxic water and leaving it to linger on floors and ceilings, similar to how a Dura Mudira utilizes its poison. This water inflicts corrupted poison on contact. Uh, there's grenade mode, which is a speedy thunder mode. There's weapon mode, which is a uh, ice uh, ice weapon mode. And then ferocious mode, which is um, uh, melee dragon mode. Uh, it has 14,000 HP. On G rank, it has 18,200 HP. Uh, it can only be found in the ghost workshop. There's some monster stats. There's some uh, attacks that they have written up that I won't read through because there is a lot of them. Uh, there is an OST, um, that they, uh, that they put down for this monster. Uh, this provides weapons for every sort of thing, including the tonfas and hunting whip, um, in addition to your standard monster hunter weapons. Uh, it has, its, its armor has, uh, good defense, uh, but the Blade Master version has minus five to all, um, uh, resistances, except for Gunner. That has zero. It also looks like this might also be part of Monster Hunter Cataclysm, because I see Nature, Ether, and Void listed. Hmm. Probably. Uh, we've got some carves, uh, some breakable parts, uh, a hand drawing of, like, a like a humanoid form. And yeah, as it's noted, the Equal Dragon Weapon is a remake of the monster of the same name and an official monster designed by the Ancient Civilization. Although mentioned in lore, the monster was never featured in any Monster Hunter games is not considered canon for Capcom. Rip. Very cool idea. I uh, I like the concept initially. I think it's maybe not quite something that would rationally fit into most Monster Hunter stuff, but I don't know. I'm yeah. a sucker for the idea. Yeah, it's it's very clear that this was like one of their original concepts for like the the world and whatnot, and they they went around it. But I'm not ag- I'm not against this. Like like I feel like if they put the equal dragon weapon into the game and made it a mishmash of existing elder dragons, it could be very cool. Oh yeah, I agree. Like this this is. This is the eight-player uh, raid boss that uh, Cataclysm Man uh, wants us to fight. It would be quite based if that was something that you could do. I think this thing is really cool. I really like yeah. the implication because, like, also all the you know abandoned structures we see throughout the Monster Hunter world, and I've always wondered, like, someone else used to live here. You know, I, did, I didn't put two and two together, but yeah, that ancient civilization. Uh, someone also mentioned, the, the author also mentioned in the comments, if the HP seems off, it's because it's based on Monster Hunter 4 scaling and not world scaling. Because, like, Ner- AT uh, Nergigante has, like, 36k health. But th- this thing would fit fit in as a, like, the, the, str- the, the most health you could fight in Monster Hunter 4 and Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate. Damn. Anyone else have any thoughts on the equal dragon weapon? Uh, no. Said my piece. Oh, I, I also, I really like this image of the, the, the tiny hunter finding this thing, like, strung up somewhere. It gives me big Resident Evil vibes. That would What's be it? pretty cool to be in a Resident Evil game with this. It looks like Tyrant. Almost, Yo, this actually. could be the uh, the Resident Evil crossover monster. 
I like how gnarly it looks, how like it has this just yeah, metal casing around it, but it's not finished and it's just it just looks terrifying. It's just uh, a for, nasty abomination. For for those who are interested, if you go to general, uh there is a monst- there is a page on the Monster Hunter Wiki about what we know about the ancient civilization and the Great Dragon War is a thing that happened. So this Damn. would be cool. This would, this would be a cool archaeological lake, I think. Or even if there was a Monster Hunter game set in yeah, it looks like, uh, yeah, there's references to it in Monster Hunter, uh, or at least the Ancient Civilization, Monster Hunter 2, Freedom 2, 3 Ultimate, 4 Ultimate, and Frontier. Well, shall we wrap it around back to the bad? Uh, sure. Matt, I have no idea like what you're talking up? about. I don't think you call this bad. Am I starting us off? Yeah. Sure. Oh, boy. Darn it. Oh boy, mine is a mine is less of a meme than most of what you guys managed to choose. I found a a concept actually a gameplay concept that I think was very bad, but I love the idea. It's it's got the spirit, but I think it needs a lot more development. It is born skills. The idea originated from Sethio and will be used in Monster Hunter Project Gigas. Basically, it is a secret (laughs) amount of skill points given to a player while he is creating a character at the start of the game. There are 16 skills that can be found in creating a character. The skills are invisible to the player until he does a certain quest series called The Trials. After completing the series, the user is able to see the hidden skill. The skill can randomly vary from plus one to plus four. And uh, you can get attack, defense, fencing, focus, weakness, exploit, windproof, earplug, sharpness, yada, 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 yada. Upon creating a care, certain letern being in a user's name will raise the chance of getting certain skills. Also, the appearance a character chooses at the start may influence some skill to be available and also the amount. For example, (laughs) some hair colors will make a skill. To have the highest amount combined with a name with a certain letter. Using numbers in a character name will set skill points to plus one and will be raised even with a certain combination of looks that could normally raise the skill points to max. This was implemented to avoid users using names like Kirito or Asuna, except spelled with ones and zeros or fives and fours. Character created within... More than that, a character created within the first slot of the character select screen, you know, your save file, that that will tend to have more offensive skills. The second save slot has defensive skills, and the third slot will have a random chance to have handy skills. You only get one of these, by the way. You don't get a chance to have more. <laughs> what the fuck? Why? Like this is this is, this is so utterly extra. Like so, <laughs> like 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 these like with these not like I don't know which game this is for, but this feel like this would hardly matter. Or you just right, get set- screwed over. You make a character, yeah, uh- <laughs> like you like you make a character, and you're like, man, I'm getting beat up a little more than usual. And then like you beat the five star quest, and they're like, oh yeah. 
You have minus four to defense. You can't yeah, do anything to stop it. Your eugenics made it so oh, you're, you can't, you're worse at defending. You can't get minus to a skill. It's like it just gives you a gem skill. Like you can just randomly okay. always have the attack up skill. You're still objectively worse than someone with four, though. So you might have yes, yeah. three. Why are my friends absolutely steamrolling these devil joes I'm trying to grind? But when I do it solo, it takes me five hours. Yeah, imagine Plus, if you just this, started the game with... Yeah, go ahead. I feel like that this leads to everybody making like the the same kind of like characters to get their specific buffs. Like I walk yeah. in, gender studies, haircut, um, my cheekbones pushed all the way in, ready to get my plus three to guard. Name yourself Queef Master sixty nine to get that guaranteed attack bonus. Yeah, it also it also highly limits names too, or not highly limits, but everyone will have similar names. Yeah, no, it's. I, I think you guys see, I would love, I would love the idea if you could somehow just give your character skills on their own and then somehow maybe upgrade. It should be part of like backgrounds. Yeah, it should be part of like a background that you choose. The, yeah. fa the fact that it's totally random to the point that it is actually based on your fucking name is <laughs> so, it's like a 1989 RPG from Japan. It, it, it has it's so like, many nebulous things. It's like if I if I if I like kicked open the door to the Capcom uh, boardroom uh, after they had just decided that they were going to stop making bad video games. I was like, all right, and I did a line, and I was like, all right, all right, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. So in the character creation screen, if you add up all the numbers of everything, like 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 six for lips, ten for hair, you add them all up, and then you divide that value by three, and then you square root it by four. This value determines uh, a, a random one in two hundred fifty six chance of getting a skill up. Yeah. It's just so strange. Like, the man who made this, I assume a man, the guy who made this, the person who made this, Sethio, no offense to you, please stop putting crack in your toothpaste. This is insanity! <laughs> Speaking of the name thing, um, do you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of fucking Pokemon Blue speedrunners, how they name themselves jank shit to get specific glitches. Yeah, I know. Like, you would do this if you had a hardware limitation on where your data values were being stored. That's that's why you would do this. You, I don't think you should ever do this for any reason other than that. This is just so so wonderfully silly. That's yeah, good. and think over time, people are just gonna figure out the fucking algorithm. So you're just gonna get people like church You're gonna wind up with non names. Just j they're all geared. By the way, they're all going to be geared to plus four attack. Nobody is ever going to go for anything other than the plus four attack. That's hey, how Monster Hunter players are. Plus four, your your pods be based. All right. That's true. If, Plus if, three earplugs would also be nice. Yeah, everybody would either go for attack or earplugs, but um, or if it had critical eye, it's over. 
nothing else would be chose. Imagine naming yourself like your own name, and then you get something like the the goddamn sliding affinity boost. It's like, wow, thanks, Capcom. What I would love though is like you have a normal person who doesn't even know what Monster Hunter is, randomly gets plus three earplugs and just doesn't know why monsters roar. He's like, oh, free damage. Why are they doing this? <laughs> Anyways. I think you. I think the 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 shortcomings are obvious. The solution is obvious. Just make it, make it choosable. Make it part of the mechanics. Let players decide their builds, please. Attack plus four. Thank you. Anyhow, uh, Nick. Yeah. Would you like to show your beautiful gift from God? Oh yeah, I would. I've been I've been waiting for this one. Go ahead. All right. Alright, here I was, stumbled upon the wiki, and like a beam from heaven, it shined upon this article. The angelic Plesioth. Oh god. The defender of good, the holy hip check itself, our favorite piss can wyvern. I'll dig right in. The angelic Plesioth, legends tell every April 1st, a magnificent creature descends from the heavens to defend which is righteous and punish those who are evil. What it truly means is unknown, and most talk of this creature are only rumors, but one thing is certain, there is a surprising lack of devil joes on this day. The angelic Plesioth, also known as the Defender of Good, the nickname of Holy Hip Check, the P- Pisces Wavering. Oh, he damn thick. Damn, he thick. Damn, boy. Damn, Damn, boy. boy. That's one thick-ass boy right there. Continue. The habitats, of course, would be the heavens, wherever devil joes and other evils can be found. It is large in size, relative to the whose signature moves are a holy water beam and hip check of justice. Its element is holy water. Its afflictments are punishment. It has no weakness. And it's made by our Lord and Savior itself, Wirequaza86. I probably missaid your name, and I feel terrible for it if I did. No, it, I mean, unless you, unless you say Quaza. Wirequaza. Yeah, Wirequaza, Wirequaza, potato, potato. Angelic Plesioff. The angelic Pluto is a magnificent wavering. It is said to punish the evil of the world if only were <laughs> if only it were active more than one day a year. Physiology. The angelic Pluteoff is the size of a regular Pleasioff. It has beautiful golden scales and fins, while its underside is a perfect, pristine white color. It, it glows with like spark. Oh, it probably does. It got that. I'm not gonna fucking say that. Say it! They got the grip of 87 on it. <laughs> the grip of 87. <laughs> you want me to say it? <laughs> the grip of 87. Dude, I wish I had the grip of 87 the on grip me. Of 87. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, it glows with sparkly aura that lights up the darkest of nights. Its water beam produces a perfect clear blue color, the purest water of all. 
its behavior. The angelic Plesioth behavior is boiled down to we only know based on rumors. As it appeared where devil joes are invading and deal swift justice upon them to defend those hunters with honor. However, it is known to deal punishment to hunters that deems deserving as well, such as Phoenix. Such as Phoenix. I'm not even a longsword main, like you, Nick. <laughs> You're still evil at heart. Cop. C. Abilities. Plus ratio, plus L. <laughs> you fell off. Yeah, shut up. Plus you fell off. Pronouns and bio. Screw you. <laughs> Blue hair. Middle age. Abilities. I'm not fucking middle age. What the hell? <laughs> plus okay, your 41. <laughs> Abilities, the angelic plesioth abilities are truly magnificent. Its hip checks are unrivaled, able to take devil those down with ease. The holy water beam is said to purify the filthiest of bodies of water. Its sparkling aura that surrounds it lights up the dark and heals those of pure heart. Carbs. The angelic plesioth have no carbs and you should feel bad for wanting to hunt such a divine creature. It does have a reward item from its related quest. Holy water. Description. Beautiful and clear water that can purify nearly anything. Don't drink it, though. It'll not purify whatever gas you have going on. Weapons. This is the some of the best weapons I've ever seen in any game. It does double its raw damage and elemental damage. <laughs> yeah, it does. We got the holy aqua blade. How do you craft <laughs> this if you can't fucking... It's, it's holy water. Holy water, dude. You just piss on your fucking weapon? Yeah, you do. It, 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 I, I bet it's just the regular Plesioth drops mixed with the holy water. Well, let's see, we got 1,107 raw damage on the greatsword and 2,256 water element with the sharpness of purple. Perp. What's the, the description, Nick? A oh, beautiful sword that can banish the evil that surrounds us, such as Phoenix. Thank God. I, fucking watch, check inside your pillow tonight. I guarantee you the most crumbliest shit you've ever seen will be in there. This is why you need to be banished. That's evil. It's not evil. I'm not, like, killing your parents. I'm you not reading some, all the words. You know how some people, like, uh, like, put bags of shit and light them on fire on the porch? <laughs> yeah. Phoenix does that, only it's bags full of semen. No. What the fuck? Alright. Alright, well, I'm still reading the... <laughs> quest. <laughs> the quest. Read the quest. Angelic Plesioth Patrol, level <laughs> G3. <laughs> Location, deserted island. Other monsters, none. Client, mysterious priest. Apparently fucking Poochie made this. It is that time of year, Hunter. A young angelic plesioth must be explored to the ocean. Don't ask questions. Just listen. Only the trustworthy of the hunters can perform this task. We are counting on you. Quest walkthrough. The angelic plesioth goes from base camp to area 10 and must not take any damage or the quest will fail. The angelic plesioth in this quest is tiny. It will only move to areas once other monsters in the area are slain. Everyone has Amphenoffs, two Jaggies, five Bullfangos, nine has Felines, and ten has Lujoffs. 
The curse reward is holy water, used to make special weapons. No. Piss in a jug. Piss. Every Piss. April 1st, any time a Devil Joe appears on unstable quest, the angelic plesioth will descend from the heavens and hit check it out of the map. This may happen multiple times on a quest. On the same That's day, at any base. random time during a quest, you have temp tempered with your save file in any way, the angelic plesioth will descend from the heavens and punish you too. The holy water element is just the water element, and the punishment element is just an instant cart, not actual new elements or ailments. Standing in the angelic polythiop or will heal you and cure any status. If you have tampers your save file, it will drain your health rapidly. <laughs> remember the punishment stick, Nick? <laughs> yeah, I remember the punishment stick. I love it. And, uh, yeah, that's the end of the Angelic Plesioff, gentlemen. What do you think? I love the grip of 87. Beast. I, I, I Can I go next? It checks a Devil Joe out of the map. I love how it gets the cards. <laughs> Charts. I would like to go next, if that's okay, gentlemen. Go ahead. Go ahead. Preach. The greatest creature known to man. I bring to the table for you. The Aggressor Basil Geese. The Aggressor Basil Geese is a Basil Geese that is always angry. Always glowing and gains Blast Blight. Names. Who's typing? Who's rage typing into the fucking chat? I found out who it was because they muted their microphone. The Aggressor Basil Geese is a Master Rank exclusive variant of the Basil Geese. Unlike the regular Basil Geese, this variant's scales are permanently glowing red hot. It features a few new attacks and also gains Blast Blight. Titled Volatile Explosive Scale Wyvern. Nicknames Blitz Wyvern. Immolation Giant. Delta Predator. Monster Class Flying Wyvern. Habitats. All of them. Size. Big. Relative, Basil Geese, Signature Move, Scale Blitz, Element, Fire, Ailments, Severe Fire Blight, Blast Blight, Weaknesses, Thunder, Ice, Dragon, a nefarious variant of the Basil Geese, armed with more robust scales, which it can dislodge to cause massive explosions that send out even more scales, which explode as well. This variant is so dangerous that it can blow up entire ecosystems, leaving nothing but piles of ashes. They behave similarly to the regular basal geese, with the primary difference being their power and threat level compared to the normal relatives. Natural defects born with concussive scales that aren't like the standard. Tinges of powder are admitted from these specialized scales due to an interior chemical reaction that increases the explosive fidelity of the scale. As the individual basal geese grows older, it learns to utilize these distinct scales in the powders they emit to their advantage, blowing up ecosystems and feeding off the remains. It's uh, It's got the same abilities as the regular basal geese with differences. Dislodge scale to have a larger explosion radiant. radius. Its overall movement speed is increased by 1.25 times. In rage mode, it's increased by 1.75 times. During its blitz-esque flying attack where it rains down its dislodged scales on hunters, the amount of dislodged scales that it rains down is doubled. Its mind scales explode immediately the moment the wyvern itself, a hunter, or a palico go near it, wider than Rather than only exploding if triggered by an attack or hit, Ex explosions then leave traces of explosive powder that inflict blast blight to nearby hunters. 
After it dive bombs, it flies upwards. It dive bomb again. The second dive bomb releases a massive explosion. The moment the moment aggressor basal geese hits the ground, while scattering the smaller dislodged scales, it can unveil a much much larger ones that not only have a massive explosion radius but also scatter massive amounts of smaller scales that explode altogether. When it shoots fireballs to the ground, it leaves traces of explosive powder. The powder can inflict blast blight if the hunter is caught near it. Rage state. Its, stales, its scales start to glow even brighter, and an aura of explosive powder surrounds it. Tired state. Starts leaking saliva from its mouth. Specks around its mouth can inflict blast blight if the hunter is affected by them. Roll in the food chain. Apex. Main prey. Everything that moves. Arch rivals. Basil geese, devil joe, savage devil joe. It can turf war against the basil geese. Um, beating the fuck out of it. In doing a 1500 damage. Cursed. New attacks, large dislodged scale. These drop out slightly rarer than the small ones. When they explode, the radius is massive and they send out a vast amount of smaller scales everywhere that also explode. Scale Blitz. While, firing, while flying and scattering dislodged scales, it releases an explosive powder from its mouth. When the scale explodes, it triggers the explosive powder to detonate as well, causing a massive array of endless explosions that go all across the affected area. Inflicts Blast Blight. Nuclear Blast Ball. It rears upwards as if it was about to shoot a fireball, except its scale starts to glow extremely brightly, resulting in it shooting out a massive ball coated in explode powder that explodes in an extremely massive AoE. The explosion forms a mushroom-like safe similar to a real-life atomic bomb before fading. (laughs) In-game information. A basal geese variant that, ex- that holds especially volatile scales in its body. In the heat of combat, the wyvern primes them with explosive substances, obliterating everything in their way. Now, if it is not clear why this is bad in my opinion, it's because fighting the basal geese is already fucking unbearable. So imagine that, only it moves twice as fast and can nuke you. Come on, Jacob. Hell. Why does does nuclear atomic bomb basal geese scare you? The double-sized explosive radius, when the explosive radius is already pretty hefty, and the fact that it can trigger other explosions from its explosions to do chain explosions... I think my favorite part is, is that fucking it, ridiculous. it doesn't even double the area. It doubles the radius, which means it fucking quadruples. Oh, it quadruples the area. Of course. Like, meme decide. This doesn't sound like it'd be fun at all to fight. No, yeah, this, no, it this doesn't terrible. sound any fun. Like, this is just something that's there to piss you off. Like, this is hell. They, like, it just seems like it would be physically just the... Look how good I'm at the game. Then the post this on YouTube would be monster, you know? Probably, yeah. It seems like a type of monster where you use the lance or die. Because if, if you stop blocking for a second, you're just gonna die. Um, I, 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 I'm not against the... I, too, hate fighting the basil geese. Uh, so an even stronger one does not sound fun to me, but I can see this being a There's thing. There's already one. There's already one that's even stronger. The, isn't it, what is it, the volatile basil geese, or what's it called? Seething. The seething basil, basil geese. geese. Which is already terrible to fight, because it's harder than the normal one. True. It just burns, it just burns more. 
Yeah, I, I see the author in the comments says that he he's aware that they came out with a variant, so this is probably the deviant version. God, that's hell. I don't think this should be a... Oh, just my opinion. The seething basil, go- basil goose, basil geese is already basically a nuclear weapon. We don't need to make one literally a nuclear weapon. But it's funny. It's is so, it? It's so funny. Yeah, I, 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 I think that we should preface that. I think we can all agree that this is a well-written article. It's just that we are yeah. biased because we don't like the basil juice. Basil geese. I love fighting. If anything, the basil I think geese. this article I, did a very good job. I like of making fighting the basil, basil geese, geese even more. But the basil geese is not fun to fight sometimes. Sometimes it's cool, but sometimes you just get stun locked over and over by the fucking everything it does. So giving it the, uh, more ability to stun lock the shit out of you, it's like the video game equivalent of a fucking kidney stone. <laughs> yeah, I can see how it's a kidney stone. <laughs> All right, how many more do we have? Who hasn't? Who hasn't? I believe uh, Phoenix and Sergio's. Uh, yes. Um, I will go first because I think Phoenix's works better as a uh, as a as a, as a finisher. Uh, mine is entitled uh, "The Handler Jiva," which is another April Fool's Day joke. So the Handler Jiva, uh, the the oh my uh, god, it's so scary. <laughs> the, the logo is of a of a, oh! four, a a four-legged elder elder dragon with a humanoid appearance. Uh, Handler Jiva is a mysterious elder dragon. Its titles are the Deceiving Dragon. Its nicknames are the Handler, Spino's Worst Nightmare, who I think is the author. Yes, uh, and the best of the worst in the duality of Monster Hunter. Um, it is an elder dragon. It can be found in the confluence of Fates area in the secluded valley. It is four thousand four hundred twenty centimeters uh, long. Uh, its relatives 0. are the six nine point six nine. Its relatives are the Fatalists, uh, the Dire Moralis, the Alatrian, and the various Jivas. Uh, it has water, fire, steam, and dragon. Uh, it has a lot of blights, uh, noxious poison, uh, venom, uh, corrosion, effluvium, and stun. Just because. Its weakness is dragon and excite shrimp. Uh, there's also <laughs> drawing, a, that a horrible. That is so scary. <laughs> yeah, a, uh, not a horrible drawing, but a horrible depiction of this thing, as in it's cursed. Handler Jiva is a large elder dragon that resembles Zeno and Safi Jiva in overall size and build, possessing two wings, long front limbs, and shorter hind legs. Its body, outside of the face and colors, mostly looks like that of Safi Jiva, only differentiating itself from the decorative mint-colored membranes with blue patterns on its shoulders and the spikes on its right arm which resemble the slinger used by hunters of the commission. Its face is somewhat humanoid, being reminiscent of a cross between a woman, a snake, and a crocodile. Its human form is just the handler. (laughs) Behavior. Unlike its namesakes and most other elder dragons, handler Jiva is not strictly aggressive. It is quite cunning and intelligent, deceiving its victims in the form of a woman, before eventually luring them to the confluence of fate, where it devours them. Its physical properties are rather lacking when compared to elder dragons, but it makes up for it through intellect and sheer malice. Placement in the food chain. As a mostly nomadic creature, Handler Jiva occupies a high spot in the food chain of the entire New World. It'll devour any living creature that can fit in its greedy jaws to satiate its eternal <laughs> hunger and due to its size and prowess to not fear any competition. 
despite its entire body being adapted uh, to a carnivorous lifestyle handler, Jiva seems to have a fondness for excite shrimps, which will devour en masse. Strangely enough, uh, handler Jiva seems to attract monsters to attack it. Why it does so is unknown, but the attacker often loses to the overwhelming power of the Elder Dragon before being devoured. Handler Jiva leaves behind a variety of tracks, such as hair, scales, footprints, and mangled colonies of excitrums. Special behavior. Despite being extremely dangerous and intelligent in battle, Handler Jiva will be curious and playful once it picks up the scent of, of excitrums. Hunters can use this to advantage by dropping some on the ground and attacking while Handler Jiva is distracted by the mushrooms it loves so much. Unlike its namesakes, Handler Jiva is unable to produce and fire large energy bursts. Instead, its stomach is able to hold and store a large variety of different fluids and materials, ranging from corrosive acid, poisonous fluids, rotting gases, and even boiling water, which it spits at foes. Its extreme intellect and ability to change appearance within seconds makes it an extremely dangerous foe. Handler Jiva has to be mountable. However, no hunter has managed to do so as now. Phoenix would love to mount the, the Handler Jiva. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah phoenix you got owned this this in is game. what cyberbullying is don't come to discord tomorrow <laughs> in, in game description a cunning elder dragon that resembles the jiva genus wait is that the handler i'm not here to write biographies Taxonomy. Due to its shape-shifting abilities and ranking as an elder dragon, finding out this creature's place in the tree of life is the most headache-inducing task ever laid on mankind. Originating from a yet unknown location in the old world, Handler Jiva managed to traverse the ocean to the new world by sneaking onto the ship that was supposed to bring the fifth fleet to the constant during the Elder Crossing. Here, it waited until Xeno Jiva was slain and claimed its old nest as its own, only to wander to the hinterlands of the defeat of Safi Jiva, where it settled down in the now-empty secluded valley. Ecological niche. By devouring everything in its path, the handler Jeeva is also an animal more of a divine uh, force to punish all lies of their said niche instead niche. of niche. Niche is the biolo biological term. You should biologically suck on my cock and penis. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm not giving you handler for that one. Come on, Nick. Get me up. Handler Jiva does not care who or what you are. Handler Jiva will find you. Handler Jiva will make you pay. Okay. Uh, we got backstory and quest line. Prologue. Disguised as a human. Your quest Handler line is so long, by the way. Oh, damn. Continue, Sergio. <clears throat> Uh, decides as a human, a sneak on the fifth fleet, which is supposed to take the Greenhorn Hunters and their assigned handlers to the new world. It manages to quietly assassinate the handler, originally designed for the soon-to-be Sapphire Star, devouring her alive in one bite, not leaving a trace. The disguised Elder Dragon then pretends to be the hunter's assigned partner, calling them Pard. Upon arrival in the new world, the handler Jiva acts incompetently on purpose while hunting with its alleged partner, sensing that the hunter may be the only foe who will stand a chance against her, wanting to know how they fight and act during hunts to prevent for the eventual duel. After the Sapphire Star slays Zeno Jiva, handler Jiva, attracted by the bioenergy, makes its way to the confluence of fates, transforming into the hideous dragon form, showing its true bloodthirsty colors in the new world. So there's the phase one of the quest line, which starts right after you've uh, slayed Zeno Jiva. One morning, the Sapphire Star notices their partner missing. Slightly concerned about the usually very clumsy woman's well-being, they report to the commander about it. He sends them out into the ancient forest to go looking for her. But what they find is not exactly what they were searching for. 
Uh, no need to read the quest descriptions. We'll just read the description. While looking for a partner, the hunter comes across what looks like to be massive handprints of the ancient forest. After finishing the hunt, they report to the commander what they saw and are tasked to follow the tracks, which leads into the wild spire waste. Uh, where, so then they kill a Diablos and a Teostra in the next quest. While exploring the wasteland, the hunter comes across more strange footprints. What they also find are absolutely mangled colonies of excitrums, which they had noticed but mostly overlooked while hunting in the ancient forest. This wouldn't have been a strange sight considering how beloved the mushrooms are with herbivores, if it wasn't for the clearly carnivorous bite marks on the colonies. After finishing the quest and still not having found their partner, the hunter reports what they found out. Silly became suspicious. The hunter is tasked to follow the tracks again. The trail leads them over to the Great Ravine in the Coral Highlands, where you have to fight a Legiana and a Kieran. I feel like Todd. I would love. I would love to fight Kieran. Todd would. But but I don't get it. They're not spelled the same. Bruh. After after finding even more toner part excitrum colonies, the hunter is starting to wonder whether all this is just a prank set up by the handler and her mushroom mafia. However, the tracks still won't leave them alone, since the hunter's curiosity is just too strong. They return to Estera and are once again attached with following the footprints. This time, the trail leads them to the Rotten Vale, where you have to fight an Odogaron and a Valhazak. After slaying the beast and finding more footprints of the unknown monster, the hunter is sure that whatever footprints belong to is headed for the Everstream. They quickly return to Estera, report, and then are tasked to traveling to the Elder's Reese to check for anything out of the ordinary. There, you must fight a Basil Geese and a Nergigante. Kill me. The hunter notices that the Nergigante they're fighting seems to be stressed and very hungry. Something must have caused it to flee from its usual hunting ground. And whatever can scare a Nergigante is more an urgent threat. After slaying the beast, the hunter returns to Estera, where the Admiral and Seeker are already waiting for them. They travel down to the Everstream together and return to the Confluence of Fates, where a hunter once took down Dinojiva. And there she is, their alleged partner, the Handler, was in the Confluence of Fates all along. Before the hunter can talk to her, she turns around, cackling maniacally, before turning into a massive dragon. The three leave immediately before the monster can devour them one by one. Three of them report what they saw in the hunter set to take out the beast. You finally repel Handler Jiva. The hunter manages to dry up off the beast, robbing it off the power it gained through the bioenergy in the Everstream. It flies off in the distance after their duel, and the hunter returns to a stair where they celebrate as a hero once more. Everything seems to be somewhat back to normal for him. And then there is a part two that happens after the uh, ending of Iceborne, after you've slayed Safi Jiva. I would like to believe that's how Iceborne ends. I didn't play it. <clears throat> uh, Sapphire Star is asleep in their bed one morning when suddenly they get awoken by a rab- by rather violently being thrown against a wall. Somewhat dizzy from the impact, they wake up to the tracker telling the Admiral that he should be less brutal with his messes. Before the hunter decides to ask what is going on, the tracker explains that fresh tracks of Handler Jiva had been found in the Elder's Recess. The qu- hunter quickly departs to see them for himself. Uh, you have to fight a bra- Breaky Dios and a Ruiner Nergigante. Indeed, the hunter finds both large hand-like footprints and the ravaged excitroom colonies, typically left behind by Handler Jiva. They follow the tracks so they reach the Rotten Vale, where the tracker is already waiting for them. Then you must fight a Tigrex and a Black Veil of Alhazak. After slaying the two monsters that trapped the tracker within their camp in the Rotten Vale, the hunter and tracker decide to climb up the Coral Highlands where they meet the Admiral. Currently fist-fighting a Zenogre, the arrival of his two friends distracts <laughs> the Admiral enough for the Zenogre to overpower him and wound him. However, after a powerful punch to the nose, the Zenogre yelps and runs away. The hunter and tracker bring the Admiral to the research base located in the Highlands, with the tracker taking care of the admiral's wounds, while the hunter takes on two dangerous monsters, which are the Zenogre and Anamiel. The hunter takes on the two monsters easily, with the admiral's wounds taken care of. The unlikely trio leaves the research base and follows the tracks back. Traversing the Great Ravine with wind drakes, they find themselves back in the Wildspire Raced, where they are attacked by a Glavinus and Teostra. Uh, after killing them, 
Uh, they head back to where they met Valkana, and then they are ambushed by a Nargakuga and a Camellios. Uh, they murder them uh, and find out the handler Jiva is in uh, the Hinterlands. Uh, but first, before they can do that, they have to go kill a Baryoth of Valkana in the uh, Horfrost Reach. Uh, so the handler Jiva is now in the Guiding Lands, but of course they're attacked by yet another filler monster, uh, Shara Ishavalda. Uh, once they do that, uh, we have to do hand handling the handler to excite Shroom Boogaloo uh, to slay the beast once and for all. Uh, however, they wake up and find themselves back at their bed in Celiana. The handler is leaning over them with a worried expression. Sirius Ishvalda are the last words they hear from their partner before passing back out. I just want to say, Sergio, Shavalda isn't just your standard filler monster. That's the actual end monster to Iceborne. <laughs> well, like I said, I didn't play it. I didn't finish it, so how would I know that? <laughs> no, I just find it funny how you called the final boss a filler. Uh, trivia. Uh, the monster is supposed to be a somewhat ironic take on all the overpowered monsters created while also mocking its own creator's love for the handler in a lighthearted manner. Uh, the concept of this monster was really spawned off an old theory to discover whether the handler was Xenogiva all along. Uh, this is unironically really good. Um, I do like the concept of, like, because there, there is in mythology of, like, the siren that, like, lures men to their doom and they turn into a monster. Um, and the fact that they wrote out an entire quest line for this when they didn't need to, I think, makes it better. <laughs> you know be even All better right. for this, though? If it changed based on the handler skin you had equipped, so like if you had the Mr. X skin on it, it'd just be a weird Mr. <laughs> X creature running around. <laughs> Matt, what did you think of Handler Jiva? Flamethrower. I'd like a I'd like a weapon type for it. Right now. What about, uh, the, what about the tire iron? I've already got the heavy bow gun for that. <laughs> you make the Alatrian tire iron. Yes. Uh, unironically, though, this is a grade S level shit post. There are very few jokes made with this level of editing quality and artistic merit. That's what scares me uh, so much. Guys, oh, open the quest description for the Slay Shara Ishvalda. It's the coming down precipitation. I. <laughs> What is I'm, this? The, these are rap lyrics to some song. I don't know which. Oh one, my god! It's based really on funny. the um. I can't remember the channel name. It's Here's gas, a joke. It's Gas Money by Zavi Rusan. There's a. This is based on a joke that uh somebody somebody did like a Monster Hunter Iceborne animated or something. It's it's mm -hmm. based on that joke. This is based on that joke. God, this is fucked. Now I, I believe, believe Phoenix has one last thing for us. Yep. The tell what's called Phoenix. <sighs> this formidable foal, I like to call really annoying. Be shitting. I don't care how it's properly pronounced. It's called the B shit. It's the now. B shot. No. <laughs> I don't like that picture. No. <laughs> what is it? 
from Shrek's head welded on to the face of a fucking B-Shot 10 with the word infinite above it. <laughs> Why is Eddie Murphy a B-Shittin'? Really annoying B-Shittin' is a monster that has been sent to the depths of hell but came back as even Satan himself found it too annoying and now lives in a swamp with Shrekagante. <laughs> Titles, the most annoying thing in existence. Nickname, Abomination. Monster class, don't know. Do I look like Albert Einstein to you? Habitats, everywhere, cause why not? Size, almost as big as. Relatives, yeeting fruit monkey. Shrekagante. Signature move, light speed yeet. Elements, everything. Ailments, everything. Weaknesses. None. Oh. And the creator is a hideous creature. It straight up just says hideous creature. Well, okay. It, it's true. Physiology. Really annoying. Be shitting. Looks almost identical to the original counterpart, but there is one difference. If you look closely, like very, very closely, like extremely closely. Like, as close as the creator of this will stop making Zenith monsters. Like, as close as I have one more variant monsters as original one. Sense one, okay? Uh, you can see that one tiny minuscule part of this B-shittin' is slightly darker. Oh, yeah, and the donke. 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 Behavior. This B-shittin' throws more fruits. What do you expect? Some high... Level fantasy Mach 8 speed attacks? No. No, 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 my friend. It just throws more fruits. Okay, I'll, okay, I'll admit. It's a bit more aggressive and territorial, I guess. Why do I keep making aggressive monsters? I swear. Alright, abilities. Remember how I said this beshitten has Mach 8 speed attacks? Well, it's true. Sword off. Wait, but didn't you say it didn't have much? Shut up, whoever you are. I swear, I need to stop doing this kind of stuff. But anyways, mainly it's fruit-throwing attacks and it's tornado attack. Are as fast as light. So, uh... 299,700... Actually, no, that is wrong. That's 299,792,458. M slash S. I don't know what that is. I think... To be honest, I have no idea if you're a rocket scientist or meters smarter per than me. second. I think. Yeah, meters per second. That don't don't murder me in my sleep if I have it wrong. Okay. Taxonomy. Uh, I don't know what this is. Uh, definitely an animal, monkey. What even is this thing? It has a weird face and a tail. You know, I suck at taxonomy, so let's move on. Okay. Actually, I skipped it because action. Cutscene. Uh, I don't know what to start. Uh, do Do you have any idea what you're fighting? Do you have any idea what this thing is? Basically, kind of big deal. Oh, man. Send help. You still here? Okay. Grass grows. Monsters murder each other in that thing. It yeets fruit at light speed. This thing is a force of nature. If you were from where that monster was from, you'd be fucking dead. 
In-game stuff. I don't know. The creator's pretty done. Rage states and tired. Rage. You fool. You absolute giant fool. Do you know what you just did? You awakened its true power, and now you will pay the price. I love how Phoenix's audio is going to be scuffed at the end of the episode. Good. Yes. Tired. Did you really think this thing would get tired? You are wrong. Interactions with stuff. Yeah, I don't know what this means, so I'm going to say fuck it and give it absolutely everything. Yeah, these are getting old, I know. Mountain clutch claw effects. Mountain. What? You think you're going to ride this absolute beauty of a creature? Nah, fam. This thing's going to wreck you. Just don't even think about it, okay? And clutch claw. Okay, before you get excited or, I don't know, you can't clutch claw this thing. It'll pull out an Uno reverse. Breakable parts with an asterisk. You absolute humongous F-wording piece of crap. Why do you want to break the parts of this thing? Can't you just leave this thing in peace? Uh, physical damage effectiveness. None. You can't cut it. You can't impact it. You can't pierce it. And also sharpness damage effectiveness. Uh, infinite. And uh, <laughs> elemental effectiveness. You can't. You can't blight it. Uh, you can't use the fan and blights either. Th those are negated. They will pull out a Uno reverse card and afflict the blights upon you. So this goes for every effect, every status effect. You're just dead. Item effectiveness, fucking nothing, nothing. You ain't got shit. Oh, and here's a quest. It's called Suffer, level infinite. I don't know what anime opening this is. <laughs> you, the reward you get, you get zero zenny. You get nothing. You lose. In the time so limit, uh, you have an infinite amount of time, though. We, we They give you that. The contract fee, you're going to have an infinite debt on your fucking life. You will gain no more Zenny. Uh, it's in Shrekagante's swamp as well. And uh, client is just whoever. Oh, no, wait. The client is Juman Juman I can't speak Japanese, but it's that really... Okay. Yeah, I don't know what that is. So the, dis the so the description is is a is a is a Japanese joke known as the Jugemu joke. Uh, basically, it's it's a joke in which a couple names their baby this incredibly long name. There are many variations of it, but the humor comes from like um, <clears throat> having to name it. Like the kid bumps his head, and they they go to the doctor, and then they have to recite his name because it took so long. It like healed back up. Or the kid dies, and they have to go running around and telling everybody the the full name of him, and it takes forever. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember and then, uh, why specifically, but it was a full, full Metal Alchemist video of Scar and Fuhrer Bradley saying that name to each other. I don't know why it exists. I'll research it. Keep going, Phoenix. Yeah, and uh, the other quest is Suffer 2, Suffering Boogaloo. Torture, if you will. And then, uh, it's it, it's just the same quest copied over. The, the, the quest was so good, it had a second one. Attacks. It has all of B-Shittin's attacks, but better, of course. What'd you expect? Except it has Suffer. 
it yeets itself at light speed and has a 100% chance to inflict every blight. Light speed fruit. Yeets a fruit at light speed and also has a 100% to inflict every blight. Ultimate Omega Super Hyper Insane Edgy Fruit Yeet. It, yeah, it takes about 4,000 years to charge this attack, but it holds a fruit in its tail and constantly screams. I don't know, I guess every element is to attack you again, and once the 4,000 years are over, the game crashes because the attack is way too glorious for your simple mind to comprehend. Carves? No. If you if you already didn't die from the 4,000 year wait, or the earth hasn't exploded or something, you still wouldn't be able to carve this thing, because why would it be able to be carved? Equipment. But if you somehow get the materials, your reward is in Morse code. Nothing. Oh, and the BGM is very important. I recommend all of you click on it. I know that hyperlink. The fuck I don't need to click on it. I know that. What is it? What click do you think it, it is? Is it just Rick Roll? Yes. Oh, and uh, there's some notes as well. Uh, it's rated PS for pretty stupid. <clears throat> that is the sequel to Shrek Agante. The creator had zero brain cells while making this. Also said he was going to continue a tradition of slapping something on a monster render and calling it a day. Creator sounds like a dumbass, not going to lie. Not mine. Alright. That's the end of the episode.